Hello, and you're very welcome back for another edition of the Mead Chronicle Sports Podcast Talk Good Game. I'm Fergal Lynch, and as usual, I'm joined in studio here by the imitable Mr. Jimmy Gagan. Not sure what that word means. Uh, I'm not sure either, Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll go with that. Okay, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go with that for this week. I'm not sure if it's even a word. It sounds a lot better than the last time, the last description anyway, well, you, you I don't used. Know. I don't anyway, know. go ahead. That was off air, so yeah, we yeah. pretend not to use that one. I'm not sure myself what it means, but and I definitely don't know how to spell it. Busy weekend again, Jimmy. I was off uh, for a couple of weeks. People probably tuning into the podcast get to hear that quite a bit when we're here. It's either yes. I'm off well, or you're off or I'm off It is a off. frequent uh, occurrence. But, uh, You've th- been off, Fergal. Yeah. This time of the year, we tend to take uh, a week here and a week there. But uh, even though I was off, I still had a couple of busman's holidays and uh, I, I got into Navin for the senior football semi-finals. So a couple of, uh, definitely the ones, the games on Saturday were very exciting in Partholchen with Summerhill uh, snatching a late win over Simonstown by 2.12 to 2.10 to book the place in their third senior final in a row. Uh, I know I, I listened to a lot of people commentating and talking about the game and they were saying that Summerhill were lucky and were probably fortunate. I suppose in the terms that they got a late goal, and another brilliant goal from Kevin Ryan. Not that the goal was brilliant, but he just held his, his calm really well and took the goal well. Uh, he's really hitting a, a fine spot of form for Summerhill, Kevin Ryan and grabbed two goals on Saturday that really proved to be the difference. Um, people were saying, oh, lucky, lucky Summerhill, but I think the only time they were headed in that game was with three minutes to go and Simonstown did manage to get their nose in front and I thought Summerhill's reaction to the concession of both goals was very impressive and they seemed to have that character about them, Jimmy. Would you agree with that? Uh, absolutely. I, I th- well, I, uh, look, uh, Fergal, failure is a great motivation for teams and uh, as you said yourself uh, Summerhill have been uh, there or thereabouts in recent years but they have fell short of uh, you know the, the, I, you know, in recent years they've reached county finals and not played well and that must be a huge motivation for them because they will want to go out there and prove that on the big day they can produce a big performance and uh, they are a team that obviously can do it but just for some reason in recent years it didn't happen for them Um they have they have a brilliant team. There's no doubt about it. You mentioned the Kevin uh, Kevin Ryan there, um, Ross Ryan as well. You know the two great players. Um, yeah, Barry well, Dard, we... Sean Dalton, Liam Shaw playing very well. You know this year, you know, and um, the Tony McDonald there, experienced goalkeeper. Yeah, we'll probably look a little bit more into the team, and and when we do a preview of the senior final next week, uh, we have interviews with. Um, Summerhill manager Declan McCabe, Retote manager Davy Byrne, Summerhill captain Davy Dalton, Retote mm. captain Kieran Ferrig. Uh, I have interviews with them boys. You caught up with a, a couple of the intermediate boys as well. So you, you I think you're Brendan Murphy from Trim. And, Brendan Murphy from Trim, yes. And Gordon, well, did you get Gordon? Uh, no, Sean Carlin. Sean Carlin yeah, from, from Nobber as well. The joint manager with joint Gordon. Manager yeah. with Gordon, yeah. So we'll have a, a full free podcast there, free interviews for people to listen to on the Talk A Good Game podcast next week but this week we're just going to look back as we said Summerhill were impressive in that win yes, um, over over Simonstown and I well, suppose they were, they were impressive the way they finished Fergal I'm not sure about the quality they performed at certain stages of the game but they were impressive oh, I thought the quality was very good in that game I thought it was well, at certain good. stages but at from the same both time, sides it was entertaining oh, maybe. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying maybe the quality of football wasn't the greatest well, but I'm, it was very I'm, entertaining no no I'm talking about specifically about Summerhill like in terms of the, there was Terms like times in that game when they they were 
very much the second best team. Yeah. Um, so that's something that will will probably concern him a little bit. But uh, at the same time, um, I know we're doing the preview yeah next week, but I'm going for the better anyway. But uh, yeah. we'll um, you know the way they finish the game, it's a great sign of a. a we'll talk about another team coming up now, uh, Kiltail at the weekend. Yeah, we're, but another team who 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 just know how to. F- Finished their, the hunger, the line, yeah. but just before we move on to to the hurling, we just I mentioned for Retote as well. When you say for long periods of of their semi final as well, they probably didn't look the most likely winners, uh, especially at half time and went in a very very poor dour first half. Uh, the weather conditions didn't help make it a good game of football, but Retote certainly didn't look like potential finalists at at half time of their semi final against Gael Colin Kill, but they pulled it out of the bag. Um, phenomenal resources there that they seem to have and and under the guidance of former goalkeeper their former goalkeeper Davy Byrne a former Dublin goalkeeper as well and also a man who was part of Jim Gavin's backroom team when Dublin started their drive for five uh, in 2015 he was the goalkeeping coach yeah. there obviously working with Stephen Cluxton so he's brought a bit of magic and he's led Rato to their first senior final Um, did you get to see much of that semi-final Jimmy? I didn't uh, Fergal no, no I didn't uh, I was um uh, that was uh, that was on uh, yeah no on I didn't Sunday. I was uh, yeah you were at a, you were at a I, different I saw game. some of it now but I didn't see uh, it all uh, but uh, you know Ratota are a team as we know they have been emerging in recent years getting better and better all the time there's great lot of work has begun has been undergone there in recent years at underage level and now it's beginning to bear fruit and uh, look it's going to be a fascinating final. Uh, one of the games you did get to see um, over the weekend, I suppose, was the uh, Trim Oldcastle Intermediate Semi Final. Yes. How impressed were you with Trim? Uh, I, look, I don't Trim. want to offer too much. Me being a Trim man, and, and uh, I'm proud and happy to fly my colours and nail them to the mast. So, uh, but I won't get carried away here. So, no, they were pretty look, impressive. Started they, off well. They, they started off. To f- they they play. They finished well. Maybe for a ten minute spell, just after half time, they were a little bit. Uh, on the back foot but I mean otherwise they were very slick very impressive Fergal and uh, you know, the, you know I What know, happened Oldcastle Jimmy? I think a lot was yeah, expected well, of Oldcastle Absolutely I, absolutely of course you know you expect uh, Oldcastle I saw them playing against uh, Dunderry in Ballinlaw in the quarter final and they were very very good the the, the way the there was an intensity about them against Dunderry that was very impressive in terms of the way they closed down opponents uh, the tack, the uh, ta- tackled in in bunches, and they didn't do that at all and against Trim. They didn't Trim. do that at all, and what they I would say, I would Trim say, lads a lot, didn't they? They stood off them and let Aaron Lynch yeah. run wild, really. Yeah, I would say Leo Mac- McEnroe, the manager, Oldcastle manager, and the selectors were scratching their heads in, in terms of wondering what happened there, especially in the first half. Now they obviously had a word with them in the half time, and they improved a lot. But the, the yeah, it was it was if. Um, it was just to just overcome with nerves, but that doesn't make sense either because that that's a pretty experienced old old castle team, and I know they've some very good young players, but you know the players like uh, uh, Paddy Gilsonin and so on, you know, and Packy Keevan, Key McParley, you know. So they've been round, they've been round the yeah. houses, shall we say, some of those players, and uh, they're very very good players, but they just didn't perform. It's it's one of these things in sport, fairly. You know the way a team, yeah, can often just happen. Do not show up on the day for some reason. I don't know why, but I'd I'd love to have that um, 
If you, if you knew the, the answer to that, Jimmy, that, we'd, be, we'd be rich but, men. But look, Trim were very, very good. Very yeah. expre- uh, expressive, uh, very, especially going forward, they were great. Aaron Lynch, young Aaron Lynch, he's a real prospect. What a prospect. He scored 10 points uh, in, in the previous game and he got 1-7 against Oldcastle. Yeah, which isn't easy for a player to rack up such a uh, personal tally against a, a tough opposition like yeah, Oldcastle. But, but he's a very good player. From He's got the speed, he's got pace and speed um, and he's... You know, he, he can take a free. He's, he's a lovely kick of a ball for off the ground. Yeah. It's an old skill in a way, but he's he's re, he's a young player, but he's reviving that skill. And um, For know, sure the, to have a tough, though, in the final, Jimmy, against uh, a knobber team that are really hitting form at, at just at the right time. Uh, a classic, another classic semi-final in Park Tulchin last Saturday. Knobber, uh, I think it was 218 to 117 to beat Castletown after extra time. I think they finished the first 60 minutes with uh, with just thirteen men, I know it was late on when they were down to thirteen, but uh, they just finished it finished it with thirteen. But then when they got back up to fifteen, they just dominated the extra time. And Brian Farrell rolling back the years there. I think he scored two ten, two ten one a penalty and seven frees. Yeah, but at some return and and goes to show that you can't take your eye off Brian. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's still a big player for them, and I'm sure Trim will, will have a strategy to try and contain him. Might um, be easier be, be, said than done. Yes, it? of course. That's that's the that's the challenge. But I mean, if they do, Trim do manage to contain him and 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 stop the supply of ball into Brian, well then I think Trim have got the uh, have got a huge advantage. I think they will. Uh, you know, but again, we'll talk more about that maybe uh, next week. But uh, yeah, with well, the previous week, we we had already known that. Um, that Moila were through to the junior final um, from their semi-final victory over Dunsany. But they were joined in the final at the weekend by Clannagale. The junior final, yeah. Yeah, who um, they beat Beliver by 1-9 to 9 points. That, in many people's eyes, would have been seen as a bit of, a bit of a surprise. It certainly was. Would um, would Kildalki's probably prolonged spell in the hurling or would the the fact that the hurling final has gone to a replay would that have affected many of the Beliver boys I know they've, the boys on, and playing on both sides really well I know a player like Podger Gagan Podger had a hamstring he couldn't play in that game uh, for Beliver he you know so um, ha- hamstring issue so like the Nicky Potterton Paddy Keneally they're playing both, you know. Um, Mark Healy, a play, I think, played football with Beliver and and hurling with Kildaki. So there was four or five of them, maybe in total, sure. that were were doubling up, and it just looked as if. Well, now I wasn't at the game, and you could probably tell me better. But Clannagale are obviously an excellent side. Uh, the likes of Philip Gary, uh, Dermot O'Donica got the crucial goal, but players like Keane Swain, Owen Griffin, you know, Eamon O'Donica, of course, as it that. So they're a good side, Clannagale, but. There was high hopes for Beliver. High hopes for Beliver, yes. And uh, I mean, I was talking to one very well known and I suppose um, expert, I suppose, an observer of the local game the day before that. And he was sure Beliver would win. You know, he was going to put his house on on them winning because uh, he had seen them a few times and he just couldn't see anybody matching them at, at this le- at junior level. But um, what, what Clannagale Gale did was to. Uh, orchestrate a, a match plan that stifled Beliver. They didn't allow them to play. They closed them down all the time. Uh, they worked very hard, uh, and you know it was one nine to nine. The one, but uh, 
you know, it, so it, it wasn't perhaps the most free-flowing of games because um, Clannie Gale had this plan, but they have a lot of pace in their team. They have a young side as well, and, and that's what they opted for this year. Tommy Hanley is their manager. Uh, they, they have learned as they've gone along, clearly learned, uh, you know, because they lost a mile in, in the in the Division 4 final, yeah. but they've learned all the time, and they certainly... Um, have a new game plan in terms of closing down, uh, you know, the close down Beliver to stifle them. Didn't give yeah, them a yeah. chance to uh, Beliver to get going at all, really. Nine points, a poor return for them, considering yeah. they were fairly free scorers throughout the championship. Exactly, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but this is a very good young Clannagale uh, team, and I, you know, it showed them against Beliver. They, they will be very difficult to stop. Uh, there's some very good young players there. So you, mentioned, you mentioned a few of them there, Keane Swana, Swain, a few of them, um, you know. And um, But Beliver's uh, Kildalki contingent will have a quick opportunity to, to bounce straight back into the winner's enclosure, I suppose, next Sunday, which probably the main event of the weekend coming up and the, the main focus of our podcast this week is the Senior Hurling Championship replay. Um who left it? Who left it behind them, Jimmy? The last day did did Kildalki threw away a big lead later on. Yet Kiltail were ahead just as the final whistle was about to blow before a, a late free from Paddy Keneally rescued it. Who who feels more relieved to have the second bite of the cherry? Well, look, Kildalki were um, five points up with four minutes to go in normal time, and there was a couple of minutes then of extra time, and yeah. that gave uh, Kiltail. But everybody thought that the game was up, uh, that Kiltail were finally vanquished, finally overthrown, and and the the mix for six or whatever that saying is, yeah, Fergal, yeah, your, your yeah. coin is. Um, well, for the dubs next year, it'll be the fix for six. Uh, right, okay. That's well, that's another, that's another that's an argument for another day. Yeah, yeah, it is, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, there's. Um, they, they they just didn't get their game going in in, in the closing stages. Kildalki lost their way then, but I think more so even um, it was the never said I the unbelievable uh, hunger that Kiltail showed in terms of James Kelly took a he took a sideline puck and he sent it across goals to across the the goal mouth to uh, um, you know uh, young Regan and he he sort of put it away a goal out of it was a half hardly a half chance but he got a goal so it was that kind of spirit that Kiltail have they're unbelievable that, don't they they know, always find a way don't always they? find a way never never give up. They, they always believe. I think that's the most important thing that they have. The, the, this tremendous sense of belief. Well, I suppose winning five in a row gives you that, doesn't it? Yeah, well, last year, I think, you know, they had a very tight... They were expected to win easy against Trim. I know in the end, they won by nine or ten points in the final. But I think with five or six minutes to go, it was only a one-point game. But they found a way. The year before against Kline, a very, very tight game. But they found a way. I think the year before that was against Kildalki. Um a late, late point as well to win it. They just seem to have this knack of getting over the line and it's difficult to see them not doing that again next Sunday, isn't it? It is. It's it's like an unwritten rule in the in the in Gaelic games that uh, if the champions, if you don't beat champions first time around, you know, we saw it against Kerry, Dublin and Kerry yeah. this year. Uh, Oh, look, the underdog they're, they're really has to bite, don't they? Yeah, when, now, when they get the, when they get a grip of them. Now you, we talked about we talked about Kiltail's comeback in that game, but oh, we mustn't forget either that Kildalki came back because Kiltail edged ahead. Jack Regan got it, you know, he got his 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 goal in a, in a couple of points, edged them ahead. Uh, Peter Dornan got a late point as well for Kiltail, but so the Kiltail were one point ahead. It looks like they were, they were going to win. Kildalki came back, won a free, and Paddy Keneally slotted a, a difficult free over the bar. Mm. So. You know, Kildalki have that spirit too, and um, 
you know, a lot of people that I spoke to during the last week or so have, have sort of said that Kaldaki, well, you know, they show that they're not, they're not, you, you can't write them off. But would they be, would they be hurt psychologically by it, Jimmy? The fact that they were four points or five points up with four minutes to go, then they look back at the last time the teams met in the final a few years ago when they threw it away really as well. Uh, they also took a heavy beating in the first round of this year's championship, which is probably irrelevant uh, in the greater scheme of things. But in the big games, in the real, real big games, is it seeping into Kildalki's mind? Geez, we just can't get over these boys. Is that going to be an issue? I think it has to be. It has to be an issue, Fergal. And I'm sure. I'm not sure what, what in terms of what preparation uh, Pat O'Halloran and uh, Daryl LeHart have done for the replay now, but. Uh, um, because there's no they may denying. well have brought in a, a psychologist because yeah, you know there's no denying the un, unreal outstanding hurlers un, you know they match up personnel wise they match up with Kiltail and probably in some sectors are better than Kiltail mm. they certainly matched them up player for player yeah. individual or well, individual I, I, and I think the crucial was was um, the um, wh- wh- one of the McKeown's was on, on Jack Regan right. and uh, he closed him down very very well and uh, you know so that that was a that was but a Jack very still came up with the big score yeah but that was he, he, got, he got away for just one instant one moment that's all and, he has and, to do isn't yeah it? see that's the quality of the player and, and um, Jack was tremendous James Kelly too so many other ones um and is that a calmness, Jimmy? Is that something that, that Jack Regan has from playing in five or six senior hurling finals or more even at this such, such a young age? Is that something that comes with experience? Whereas, you know, young McKeown is probably his first senior hurling final. Um, I'm not sure if he played in the one a couple of years ago, but not, not necessarily him, but just this mm. wealth of experience that Kiltail have built up now. It really is standing to them. I think so. I mean, they, they've. It's got to be a huge part in all this, and, and disagree because they have. I mean, to win five, you overcome many, many challenges, yeah. many questions, and it, it, you know, if you have that belief, knowing that you've you've done the work in the training ground, knowing that you have the skill set to overcome any challenge, to put away any opponent, if you believe that, well, then that's a powerful. A cocktail and I think yeah. they, they showed it again against Kildalki now as I say Young McCon he, he was brilliant I wasn't at the game yeah but he, he did a brilliant job on Jack but Jack, Jack got away a few yards space and, and put the ball away like he, it's very difficult to legislate against a player like that for for yeah. for an hour you know it's very difficult and uh, Kildalki look uh, they will have to they will have to believe because they, they brought a great intensity to the, the first game now they'll have to up that a little bit further again, you know. So, is it is it in the team? I it probably is. It is, you know. But Kiltail, I think undoubtedly it's Kiltail. in them. Uh, it's just how they come in, as you said. Maybe the best training they could have had all week, or for the last two weeks, could have been to bring in somebody just to calm the minds and and give them a clear picture in their mind that they can do this and not to let previous setbacks get them down again because. <laughs> It is going to be. I think was it was a bit of a disappointing final, was it in terms of quality? It was, and yeah, it yeah. It was exciting I mean, enough. A finish you know, the, the, the last end, ten minutes or so, yeah. it was plenty of drama. Which yeah, disappointing. This and you know, poor quality hurling isn't something you'd expect from Kiltail and Kildalki. So, what type of game can we expect on Sunday? Jim? Well, I suppose it comes down to anything, any any part of life. Uh, you know how you look on, at things. Kildalki could look at it and say, "Well, look, we we were the better team for." 60, 54, 56 minutes of that game 
we we let we let you know we led most of the way. Um, they they might take look at it that way and take great encouragement from that. So, I mean, it's about um, how how it how it'll pan out. That the uh, now I I think though that Kiltail have so many good players, so much in the in their armory that they'll win the replay. But Kildalki, you know, they certainly have a, a very good chance again. But it, it so much depends on this. Um, overcoming the psychological barrier that, m- that might have been presented to them uh, after the first game. The um, loss of or potential loss and nobody seems to know or if they do know they're keeping it as a very guarded secret. Shane McGann I think everybody knows he was meant to go travelling to Australia um, or somewhere out that end of the world and he was meant to go travelling at this time of the year. Uh, there is... Uh, a school of thought that he might have postponed those travels for a week to be around for the replay, but nobody seems to be able to confirm whether he's there or not. If he's not there, that'd be a huge loss. I know Ollie Regan is a good goalkeeper, but what Shane does with his puckouts, the accuracy and pace yeah. and speed of his puckouts, um, his calmness under the high ball coming in and his outstanding ability at shot stopping, you know, it gives Kiltail an edge, and without him there. Would Kildaki have a little bit of a, a little bit of more hope in their step? I think so. You mentioned how Ali is a very good goalkeeper. He is a very good goalkeeper. But Shane McGann, I think, has been one of the best goalkeepers in Leinster for mm, the country. In I the country, you could even could say, yeah, him. in the top ten, or even you know, yeah. for the top seven or eight in the, in the country. Or four, maybe. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, time and time again, you mentioned about the puck outs, the the marvelous reflex saves he's made over the years. It, it's bound to be a factor, um, but can Kildalki sort of take advantage? Of it? I'm not so sure. Uh, I think it's the puckouts uh, yeah. more so than the shot stopping. Well, I don't shot know. Shot stopping no. is is you know that's a unique skill. It's brilliant, but it's what he does with the puckouts, and he gets the game restarted so quick and so accurately. Very rarely Kiltail lose a puck out. Very rarely is the puck out a big hoof down the field and making mm. it a fifty fifty ball. Uh, Shane McGann's puckouts are generally 95-100% retaining possession for Kiltail and without that in their armoury you know if, if if most of the possession turns into a 50-50 battle I just wonder would Kildalki maybe be able to swing it yeah, possibly. I mean, it's it's some. I I, I don't know. I, I think the, one of the greatest saves I ever saw a goalkeeper made was uh, by Shane McGann some years ago. He played for Mead and he, he just made this incredible point blank no, save. You know, you, you, could, you so, could pick any save out of the Shane McGann bag of saves, and yeah. the same could apply. He's had that many of them. Yeah, exactly. And uh, is there a possibility of another dour contest? Maybe a shootout between Paddy Keneally and Jack Regan, because undoubtedly two ace free takers and. Um, I think it depends on how well Kildalki get the matchups because as as the team challenging to overthrow the the overlords, shall we say, yeah. Kildalki, um, you know, have to come up with this with this strategy to to get the better of Kiltail, and it depends on the matchup. As I say, Brendan McKeown on on Jack Regan, he Brendan Young, Brendan did a brilliant job on him. Um, uh, will the matchups be the same? Will Kildalki? Use a different sweeper. They used to Padraig Egan used to have him there as a sweeper there in front of defence and so on. Didn't use him like like that in in the drawing match. So they might use him in the replay. You know, it, it depends on a lot of things, and um, you know, those, those matchups are crucial. I think Kiltail tend to take a sweeper out of the game 
uh, to do, yeah. Again, well, again, was Shane McGann been crucial in that? In in either the fact that his puckouts will land left or right in front of the sweeper, or he can play them in behind the sweeper, or he can play it so short that they work the ball out, drag a sweeper out of position, then play the ball in behind. Um, I think a sweeper against Kiltail, they find a way around that. Uh, yeah. Now, don't ask me what's the way. Well, I think they, ju- they, that, they, they just push up, uh, they push up, you know, from one line to the next when it's needed. Yeah. And um, you know, again, we, we reflect on, on the the responsibility of players have at the time of dealing with situations as they arise. And Kiltail players are very good at doing that. And but they did, yeah, they don't like this out and out sweeper. And maybe it's it's a point or two. It was it was sort of used by every team for a couple of years there. Mm. And one great Hurling man said to me, yeah, oh, you know, let's do something about this and, yeah. and get rid of this because we have to give out about this and complain about this because it's ruining the game. And thankfully, teams seem to have moved away from that out-and-out sweeper. And Kiltail are one of those. They don't like to use a sweeper, but they do move up a man or, move, you know, when it, wherever it's needed or move back a player whenever, when it's needed. And um, they're uh, two two serious uh, hurling clubs, aren't they? When you think Kiltail have won five in a row, and Kildaki probably if that blip against Longwood in twenty thirteen, they could nearly be going for eight in a row now. But Kildaki have been the other main contenders in all that period as well. Of course, they won three in a row. Um, two thousand nine to, to eleven. To, yeah. to eleven, yeah. So they really are the powerhouse of hurling in Mead. And okay, Trim and Ratote and. Teams like that are catching up. You'll probably never see the likes of Kiltail going for six in a row again and a remarkable achievement. Do you think, will they make it? So call it, Jimmy, will they make it six in a row or, or can Kildaki yeah, I, 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 th- I think they will, Fergal. I think they will, um, as I say. And why, Jimmy? Wh- why? Well, I think they didn't perform the last day. Again, we, we spoke about Oldcastle, you know, going out there, getting pre- preparations right, doing everything right shall we say as they, they see it and then not going out and performing on the big day Kiltail were the same I mean they were they were really on the back foot for most of that game and uh, I I think they were they were knocked off um, their stride by the intensity of the Kildaki play yeah. and they'll be ready for it this time and you know one of the Kildaki players actually said to me that we will we will win the replay you know so uh, you know they no, then, well I think he was more or less coming from the angle that you just didn't perform and yeah. that they can be better the next time out well I suppose there's always a reason why a team doesn't perform and that they're not let perform and if Kildaki can come out with the intensity and, and disruption to to put Kiltail off their game and if they can repeat that they'll give themselves a fighting chance but I, I think I'll have to agree with you Jimmy and uh, we'll go with Kiltail for, for six in a row It'd be a remarkable achievement for the first time since the late forties, mid to late forties, when Kilmessen, of course, had six in a row. For mm. in Some this big... era, where there's so many good teams, I think back then there was probably you know Kilmessen were head and shoulders above everybody else. But Kiltail have won so many tight battles. Everybody talks about oh Kiltail are six in a row champions. They're so much better than everybody else. They're not so much better than everybody else. They're better than everybody else, but they're not a million miles better than. Kildaki, Dan Trim, Dan Dublin of Mead Hurling. I wouldn't even say they're the Dublin of Mead Hurling because Dublin steamroll over everybody until maybe mm. one or two teams. Whereas Kiltail, Kiltail have plenty of challengers, and I think in the next, I I, I can't see them making. I, I won't say they won't do seven in a row, but I can't see them going for eight, nine, ten. I think with the way other clubs, as I said, uh, Longwood, Retote, Trim, Kildaki. 
Killine uh, even uh, pushed Kiltail all the way in this year's championship as well. There's plenty of good hurling clubs coming through in Mead. That the championship, hurling championship in Mead over the next few years is going to be very, very exciting. And hopefully, with the senior team competing in the Joe McDonough Cup, that'll feed through into that. And maybe I know that's going off on a tangent a little bit, and they can look forward to the Joe McDonough Cup next year. But hopefully, uh, the future is very bright in Mead hurling. But it certainly is Kiltail and Kildalki shining the light on it with with two exceptional teams and you're going for Kiltail I think I'll go for Kiltail as well but that's with with a gun to my head I think it's going to be very tough to call and really looking forward to the game actually you think it's it's going to be close Fergal yeah I do think it'll be close yeah yeah. yeah. but uh, I do well, we, sh- we shall see. It should be a fascinating tussle anyway. Um, well, as, as we know, Jimmy, we're not just a, a, a GA podcast. We like to talk about a few other things here on, on our podcast. So just well done to star the sea athlete Aoife Perella, who won the Mead Intermediate Cross Country Championships at Frayne last Sunday. Um, Fergus Crilly McEntee won the, the men's race, took the laurels in the men's race there as well. So a great turnout of the Mead Cross Country Championships, as there always is. Um, and it's you know if you don't get out you know obviously there's a lot of GA fans listening to this and they wouldn't get out to see the athletics events or but to see thousands of athletes in this like it's the most populated the most participated sport in this county is athletics I didn't mean thousands I mean hundreds of kids would be running at all grades of races and adults as well and they really are a spectacle to get out to the cross country championships and see the effort that that those people are putting in into their particular sport and they deserve the recognition that they get then as well. Yeah. Um, a big game coming up tonight as well, Jimmy, for Trim Trim Lad, uh, Timmy Clancy, manager of Draw the United. Is that tonight it is? It is tonight, yes. They're playing Cabin Teeley. Uh, they're playing Cabin Teeley in a, in a playoff, you know, so it's it's a chance for um, a chance for Timmy to, uh, I suppose, book a, take a big step. It's the first leg. And second leg next week, it's a chance to take a big step to um, clinch in promotion to the Premier Division. Like, that's what. Yeah, they just missed out. They were just beaten. Uh, only one team automatically goes up. I think Shelburne beat yeah. them in the second last game of the season, which gave them that little bit of a cushion and, yes, and got Shelburne yeah. through. But uh, a good opportunity for Timmy. And, and only his second year but it's in, such in management. It's he's, he's really making a name for himself. He's done very, very well there. Uh, very, very well. Of course, Timmy, he played in England and Scotland. Uh, particularly, remember him playing in Scotland with Hibbs and Motherwell and teams like that. And, Kilmarnock uh, as well. Kilmarnock, and, and yeah. St. Johnson. Uh, he yeah. got to a couple of uh, Scottish Cup final with, finals. And Scottish Cup final with St. Johnson. But, you know, he's done very well in Drogheda, you know, and meagre resources. They came down from the Premier, they had to rebuild. And, you know, he has had very few resources, but he's done very, made the most of what he has, it looks like. And it's so difficult to get out of that division because, they, you know, even if they, you know, if they beat Camantili over the two legs, they still have another playoff against the team coming down from the Premier Division, which will be probably Finn Harps. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know... It's it's going to be a very difficult ninth. I think Finn Harps are going to be finished ninth. Yeah, it's cruel that really only one team goes up automatically, isn't it? You know, you try so hard, you work so hard, and you have to be champions to get up. It's it's tough going. It is, but you have to prove that you're you can stay up there. I mean, there were so many times when teams were going up to the Premier and they clearly weren't able to sustain themselves in, in that at that level. So you know, a team has to prove them. This is one way, I suppose, of doing that. But it's a, it's a long old road, and so hopefully, Timmy tonight will. Will st- will take a step towards 
getting to the top level just uh, when we talk about as, and next week of course we will look ahead to the senior football championship final but uh, huge success in Ratote and um, I, I seen an interview with Davy Byrne um, a while ago and he was on or la- from last week and just emphasising how big the village in Ratote has, has grown um, with I think it's a 55% population uh, growth there mostly at Dubs in, in the last few years but uh, with with that huge population coming into the village, there's been a huge amount of sporting success. And one man um, who's really come, jumped to prominence in his particular field is uh, Keen Carey, who's uh, edging ever closer to, I suppose, an F3 Cup double. Um, it's a huge step towards retaining the British F3 Cup. Uh, he secured a coveted victory in the penultimate weekend of the championships at Donington Park at the end of September. And now he's just within touching distance of that big prize. Uh, I suppose he won the Boss Ireland Championship in 2016 uh, when he won five outright wins, three second places and four thirds on his way to being crowned champion. And only 12 months ago, he was crowned the British Formula 3 champion driving for the Chris Dittman racing team. So last month he claimed the win and the points in the first race at Donington to keep him on top of the standards. And with just three races to go in the final round at Snetherton this week, uh, he's well on course to retain in that cup. So it just goes to show it's not just uh, on the GA fields around Ratote that the success. Also, Keane Carey is, is really making a name for himself in the motor, motor racing game as well. Um, just looking ahead to the rugby, you are, the Navins opened their... All-Ireland League Division 1B campaign with a, an unfortunate, or sorry, not unfortunate, but a narrow loss to St. Mary's in Ballery's Gold a couple of weeks ago. Um, probably unfortunate enough to lose that game and, and that uh, they were hit by a late score and, and undone in it, but they were handed a, a good beating, I suppose, um, last weekend when well, Old, Old Belvedere beat them 39-17 yeah. in their second game. It ju- well, sorry. Sorry, yeah, it was just in Ollie Campbell Park there. So Ollie Campbell Park, yeah, it used to be Anglesey Road. Uh, it just demonstrates, you know, like Navin have really taken a jump up, and they've lost a few players over the summer. And I think they, they, you know, very, very good players, Willie Stonin, uh, Brian Hall, just uh, you know, players like that, and uh, they've they've really made a jump up now to the top, to near. Well, one B. It's it's just one one division off the top, very top level of uh, senior rugby. It's and they've you know they won three successive promotions and so they've they've really facing a challenge this year. And I think those results against uh, St Mary's. I was at the St Mary's match mm. and they, they made a very decent start. But St Mary's just the power um, eventually got too much for for Navin and um, you know it it will be a, it will be a tough tough task for them now to. Uh, to uh, stay in this division this season, and you know they, they lost to uh, Old Belvedere last, last week, thirty nine seventeen, and now they have the easy t- uh, task this weekend of going down to play Shannon, you know. So, um, yeah. <laughs> you know, just so, doesn't get any easier. Well, it's certainly, uh, it certainly you know tough and tough and all as it is in the All Ireland League. It's where every team wants to be, and one another me team hoping to join Navan in the All Ireland Leagues is Ashburn. Um, they beat Kilkenny last week in the Leinster League Division 1A, 14 points to 13 to maintain their unbeaten start to the campaign. So it's it's good to see them um, flying high there again. They went close a couple of times. They, they did win Leinster League Division 1, but it's a tough 
qualifying route to the All-Ireland Leagues as well. You have to win the Around Robin series as well, but they look well on course to win in that league again. Yeah, made a brilliant start, yeah. And al- also in the lower divisions as well, I see North Mead, who are based around the Kells area, are going well as well, have plenty of wins under the belt. And at Boy, I think I saw Joe Sheridan score the try for them last week. That'll uh, probably upset right, a few yeah. loud... GA supporters no doubt saying well yeah, he's well used to scoring well, tries yeah, but uh, exactly, I think yeah. you'll find actually before we go any further in that 2010 Leinster finally never actually grounded the ball so it could never <laughs> have been a try but uh, well okay <laughs> do we want to go back we will not go back that? there no no we will not go back there just do want to mention um, while there, there are games on this weekend uh, big games on this weekend you have the Junior B uh, football final between Ratote and Kilbride in Partholchen on Saturday and that's preceded by St. Column Kills and Wolf Tones in the Junior D final at 2 o'clock. Um, there is one change to the bill of games in Navan on Sunday. The Nafina St. Pat's Junior 2 hurling final is off uh, due to a bereavement, we believe, in the Nafina club. So that game is off. I think it's the minor Division 2 Shield final. I think O'Mahony's Wolf Tones against Ratmaline is going to be on now before the Senior Hurling Championship replay final. That's in Part Tulchin on Sunday. Uh, also in on Saturday, we have Clannagale in Leinster Club action. After winning the Mead Intermediate title, Clannagale will play Minute from Kildare, obviously, in the Leinster Junior Championship. Um, and that's preceded by the Minor Hurling Division 1 Shield final. But uh, plenty of big games coming up as well. And I suppose, Jimmy, just to finish off on the rugby team, you'll be getting up early Saturday morning, even though it's a quarter past 11, for the All Blacks against Ireland. Do, do you give the Irish any chance? Um, you that's a rugby expert? Well, I'm afraid I, I don't... Uh, you were I don't, a hooker, I, weren't you? I, I'd love to... I'd love to. <laughs> don't answer that, Jimmy, on grounds of incrimination. Yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I'd, I'd love to I'd love to uh, have have tried to be a hooker, absolutely, but... Uh, no, look, Fergal, I don't think they're going all blacks. They, you know, I know Ireland have beaten them in recent years, but when they, you know, it comes down to the World Cup quarter final, all blacks have uh, have really got a purpose and a sense of uh, uh, pride, a history behind them of winning these games. So I don't see, I don't think they'll win, I'm afraid, uh, Fergal, but I even, hope to watch it. And even though our Mead representative, um, Devin Toner, was left behind rather unfairly and unjustly, I think, um, especially when you see the way. Uh, Jan Klein has performed or hasn't performed at the World Cup. I think Big Dev been left out of the World Cup squad is a little bit of a, uh, a little has kind of I wouldn't say it's come back to bite Joe Smith on the ass, but it wasn't a great move. I think I think Dev's uh, presence in the Ireland squad would have been a, a big addition to it. But we do have a Mead interest in the Ireland All Blacks game on Saturday morning. In that uh, the Barretts, the Barrett brothers, the three of them that are uh, I think they're the first. Definitely the first New Zealand brothers, three brothers to have played in in World Cup for the All Blacks. They have loyalties to Balnacree, just up outside Oldcastle, where uh, the family lived for a couple of years in in late nineteen ninety nine and into the two thousands. Yeah. yeah, their father Kevin Barrett and and the wife moved to Balnacree in nineteen ninety nine, just on a farm swap deal for a couple of years. Um, and the, the couple of the boys played. They, they all went to Saint Felix National School, or four of them. There were six kids and four of them were a school-going age at the time and they enrolled in St. Feeks National School in Ballinacree. Um, and, and the boys played under-10 football there. I think Bowden and Kane played with the school's under-10 team and they also lined out for St. Bridget's 
Uh, I also see Barney Ty there regaling the, uh, Sinead Hussey with a story about how Kevin Barrett also lined out. He was in his mid-30s at the time, lined out for St. Bridget's in, yeah. in a couple of the games. And uh, it, it was suggested that a referee was advi- had advised the St. Bridget's boys to maybe take Kevin off before he was shown the red card and, and left the field. He, so he was... uh, Bowden, well, he... along with his brother Jody and Scott, or Jordan and Scott, are, are they're the first trio of siblings to start for New Zealand, as I said. And it's only the second time three brothers have started a World Cup game after the Vinapolas, I won't even try and pronounce the three of them, uh, Feo or Fortonga, T- Feo, Elisi and Manu Vinapola played against Scotland in 1995. But those boys would have links with, with uh, Balnacree. And I know when they were over this part of the world before, uh, I think Jordy might have went up to Balnacree and visited the school and Kane as well yeah, uh, the I'm last sure. time they were around. So, you know, while while we don't have a Mead representative on the uh, on the Ireland team, we certainly have strong Mead connections to the All Blacks. And while we are are, are all shouting for an Ireland victory on Saturday morning, um, do you think Ireland if, will win? If, if New Zealand do manage to sneak it, uh, we'll get we'll row in behind the All Blacks. Then uh, stranger things have happened, Jimmy. Yeah, stranger <laughs> things have happened. Your optimism shining yeah, through yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you never know. You know, I, I like to think. That we've been playing rope a dope with uh, every other nation yeah. in the world up to, up <laughs> for, to now for the last few Hiding weeks. Our real, uh, our real identity, yeah, and yeah, real yeah. qualities. And that we're going to come out and blow the All Blacks out of the water. I'm yeah. not sure that's going to happen, but look, at, it's something to look forward to. As is our podcast next week, where, as I said, we've got a plethora of interviews uh, on our free Mead Chronicle Sports podcast. Talk a good game. Uh, we'll have six or seven free, interviews yeah. anyway, at least next week. So we hope you enjoyed this week's Talk a Good Game. Uh, feel free to leave us a comment on our Twitter page, which is Talk a Good Game Two. Uh, put in the hashtag tag T A G G for Talk a Good Game, and send us in your comments, and we'll try and read out a few of them next week. So I'm Fergal Lynch, and Jimmy, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Fergal, and we'll see you all. Talk to you all again next week. Cheers. Say hi.